you know, sometimes love affairs hit mm-hmm. hit comfort points, right? Are we in this comfort point? I know oh, you're. Uh, <laughs> I know you're potty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fair. Oh, that's good. Oh, we just got. Oh, you're saying we just we got so familiar with each other. Exactly. And welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brain dance sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 131 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Choose an email at mbsportspodcast at gmail.com. I'm Brandon. With me, as always, right. my better three quarters, most awesome. Ooh. Uh-uh. No, baby. I like I like that. Yeah. That reminded yeah. me of the Nick Thune joke where he's like, I have uh, uh, a pair of pants that are three-quarter Roy's and one-quarter mine. <laughs> so good. So good. good. What, is, what is a joke? It's like three – so it's a quarter Roy. It's just basically – there's no more than that. It's just a quarter Roy joke. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. It's just a pun joke. By the yeah. way, also, what happened to corduroys? Why are we not rocking corduroys? Do you remember when corduroys – had a legit moment in high school or maybe for they you did. for middle school yeah they, they had a beat they had a beat i don't know what happened to them i'm still nope i want to correct that this okay. is live it's not live but i'm not, not live corduroy. but i do remember having i remember like having like two pairs of corduroys two different colors i think i, I was rocking brown dark brown like chocolate yes. brown. yeah 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 that was a good 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 look and a dark green yes like, I, remember, I was yes. gonna say the the hunter <laughs> yeah. green like dark yeah, yeah, yeah that's the look I had those two, but you couldn't you couldn't do two corduroys in one week. Like you you can wear corduroy one day of a week to like ah. show up like you knew what was going on. Yeah, yeah. You had and it was a, it was very rotation based. You couldn't in there. You couldn't and certainly not back to back. No, you're no not. one would hear you come and swishing no. around all day. <laughs> oh man, uh, I could talk about corduroy a lot more than we were going to talk about a rip, but we got to do it. <laughs> Here, here's the rundown for episode 131. We're gonna read. We're gonna do college football preview. We do it once a year. Here it is again. We'll see how it lands. It may be fantasy. How high is too high for Clyde Edwards Hilaire? Uh it may be date night. We got Chris Wheatley on the podcast. He's gonna jump in here earlier than this. I think. Yeah, we're gonna bring him on. Yeah, he's gonna, he's gonna get on. But we're gonna do it. Toy Soldiers. Oh Ooh. man, I can't wait to hear your thoughts on that. This was a I, I remember I had 10 VHSs and this was one of them. Was this as much of the rotation as for you as it was for me? No, I'm going to leave it right there. <laughs> I'm just going to right there. No, <laughs> just cut it down. Uh, all right. They were doing Neapolitan showdown. We're doing top cafeteria meals that you had in grade school. We're talking about that little tray that you got. Mm. What were you excited about? I know we talked a little shit on it in the past. I don't think we've officially Nia did. We're doing no. a positive tip on this one. We're top. And then we're doing Brendan again in the corner. Super Bowl odds for the NFL. And we're going to finish, as well as do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're a power. It's us now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines read, if you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right, ripped college football preview. Here we go, bro. You want to do this? I every year I do not want to do this, 
we're three years into it. You have to update me what's going on. College football. <laughs> what's going on? Right. Oh man. And what an odd year to be talking about this. So like, let's, let's, let's go macro as the famous Brandana sure. always likes to say, and let's kind of do a quick rundown. Who's playing, who's not. Uh, yeah. They college, collegiately, they did have like a player opt out in there. There are some big name players, maybe not household names that have opted out. Not your Trevor Lawrence's or your Justin Fields, but some potentially first round guys that have uh, Rashard Bateman out of uh, Minnesota wide receiver uh, have, have opted out um, and rightfully so. So uh, looking at the conference wise, big 10 has big Ten's flipping a little bit, right? Oh yeah. They're getting, they're getting a little maybe cold feet, warm feet. I don't know what the proper yeah. adage for that is, but they're now they previously had said that they're not going to do the season. Now they're thinking like, well, maybe we'll do Thanksgiving start, right? So they're not going to – we'll, we'll kind of keep our eyes uh, upon what happens in the Big Ten. Uh, it also comes off of the heels of eight Nebraska players trying to sue the Big Ten for – I was reading it, now I can't remember Drink Everybody, but basically it was like a, they basically uh, defaulted on their basically promissory notes to like – you know, uphold their scholarships and, and this, that, and the other. And so they're trying to sue that, which could happen locally in the Nebraska state courts, but federally, I don't know if it would mean anything to the Big Ten. Wait, wait so, so what we're talking about, we're talking about like, so you had a, so you had a scholarship to play football. So it's Nebraska players' frustrations of not just being seen to like, obviously getting a draft and shit. I think it's, I think it's that they were like promised like a, the opportunity to play and to play football and then they're not going to be able to do that. And they defaulted on their, like, they weren't considered in that equation. And so they're, they're basically saying like, you didn't uphold your end of the bargain. So they're trying to, and a very like hail Mary pun intended to get the big 10 to try and start up back football. And also Justin Fields quarterback for Ohio, you felt the rest had like a petition of like 200,000 or 300,000 people signed for the Big Ten to play football, so there's a, it's getting a little hot under the collar for the Big Ten uh, conference to play. Now, that being said, uh, who else isn't playing? The Pac-12 on the same day as the Big Ten came out said no. Uh, MAC, the Mid uh, American Conference, uh, said no. Midwest or Mountain West, excuse me, said no. Uh, and that's pretty much it. The ACC, SEC, and Big Twelve. Um, have all done some reduced or uh, restricted scheduling. Like, for example, the SEC only did conference-only games, 10-game schedule conference-only. Uh, the ACC did 11 games in conference, and Notre Dame joined them, which was famously has always held on to their independent nature as a, as a team collegiately, now has joined for this season for 2020 only uh, the ACC. And a lot of people would ask, well, why did they do that? It's because in basketball, Notre Dame does play in the ACC, so there's a there's a tie in between those two, uh, that that school and that conference. Uh, uh, so hit me with that real fast, and it's like I, I don't want to I don't want to stop you when you're hot. Yeah, yeah, I'm fucking Lord, on fire right now, bro. Fucking on fire, and Lord knows, like I do almost have the momentum on some segment I know nothing about. Right, but if I do that, like uh, it's just so. Why, why does it matter to you? So I want to ask you two questions. Why does it matter to Notre Dame to join a conference? Can't they just do their thing? And also, like, um, what is the pressure to these schools to do this? Like, what is it, like, like if there's no 
kids in class like what is the is, is that the pressure they're just like because it it does and like let's be honest we're all talking about it. like i think the real thing is we act like these student athletes are student athletes they're student first and now it's just like and I, we don't talk about covid on this podcast but now it's just like we're really really looking at the lens it's like oh this is such a a great just pull up of just like how we actually look at these athletes and proves the point it's just like yes they are student athletes they're not students first if right. we're making play football right right yeah um and i so there's two points to unpack in, in that yeah. last one yeah so i would say like i i, I think the it, i don't think it was like the conferences like well, we're just going to push ahead against the wishes of the players i think there was more like uh, sure it's not, but players want to play football it's like yeah. drops i get it but it's right. like but this is a third question and keep it lower, but it's like, who, who do you think gave the green light and how that green light happened? Yeah. I think, I think, I think it's, yeah, I think it's one of those things where it's like, like, for example, the sec, I think a lot of the schools Clemson and the ACC, I think there's uh, Texas and the big 12. I think there are definitely like power plays with, within the, the conference, Alabama and the sec. And I think that they are definitely like driving the ship. Now this is totally like my opinion, I don't really sure. have a lot That's of, you know, drop. fact. Yeah, we, we drop yeah. opinions on this podcast. Yeah. Great, 300 listeners are going to be like, what? I got this from a great source. Right, right. Like, yeah, exactly. Our, but the, but these, these schools are big schools that drive. And because of the way that they share revenue and things like that, uh, some of the smaller schools who have, like, been just lifted up because Alabama and Clemson and Texas kind of are the rainmakers of their conferences, they stand a game from that. The players, like you said, all the players are predominantly they want to they all want to play. They all want to play, and and if you talk to like and you read like some of Trevor Lawrence, the quarterback for Clemson, and some of the other players that have reached out and kind of expressed the sentiment like we want to play, we in fact think that uh, that we're going to be more safe with the testing that's available to us on campus, and especially in some of the campuses that have a on campus but virtual classroom. Yeah. So basically they become like, I'm in this sequestered area on campus. There are already student, uh, students there. We're all going to classes virtually. But then when I, as a student athlete, I'm going and I'm getting tested on a regular basis and, and getting in and, you know, in protecting myself a lot better and having more access to, to PPE and things like that and just better healthcare and, and food plants and just being in a overall safer environment so you kind of marry all those three things together and that's that's where we get that so i know i i know i always ask you like four questions and i let you answer like half of one and i jump back in but i'd like <laughs> right do you think this is gonna so we watch the nba bubble has been inspiring yes inspiring or just like hopeful because it's just yeah. like it it's kind of working they kind of pulled it off well yeah it's it's i would say it's 100 percent working i wouldn't say it's not it's not kind of working it's 100 percent working yeah yeah okay yeah well i guess i guess i would do 100 because i still think it's like shitty like some people have to leave their family for like fucking like three months or whatever but i will i will, I will say this like do you see football being able to pull this off collegiately or professionally well, again, as we talked about professionally, you know, it's like it comes down to like the, the, the person who is on there. Like the NFL, you can make the argument that they are more bought in to adhere to strict regiments outside of the facility and not put themselves in an area of risk because they have large sums of money that, that that's at risk. 
collegiately, as we can see, even with Notre Dame, where, I mean, obviously Notre Dame is a very challenging school to get into. So you would assume most of these kids would be smart and have their, their shit together a little bit, but they were all out partying on campus. And then there was a spike in, in, in uh, outbreaks on Notre Dame's campus. And it was mainly due to off-campus parties. And so that's, that's the thing is, it's like, I think professionally in the NFL, I'm much more inclined to believe that they will be able to do it because those that have chosen to be there want to be there and understand they're more mature and understand the gravity of the choices that they're making. Whereas in the collegiate realm, and maybe I'm not giving enough credit to the modern student athlete who is looking at this as like an opportunity as like a, you know, uh, an internship, if you will, um, that they're looking, they might still want to have their cake and eat it too. They still might want to be a college athlete and, you know, uh, draw from the perks that are around them. And that's going to parties and being a, a social experience on campus and, and all the other stuff. So those are the things that always carry. Plus you have just more kids playing in more conferences with more teams and there's just a greater chance of an outbreak. But, you so know, I think- Obviously like, oh, go ahead, buddy. No, I was just gonna say, I think with, you know, the way that testing has obviously been uh, increasing. And if you look at the university, like of University of Michigan, blah, 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 and some of their, like their, their methodology, because that was one big, big thing that Jim Harbaugh says, like, look, like we put in a plan for our college, for our athletes where they followed it. The regiment was there. The, the players that were there were bought in and we had only like three positive tests out of like 900 tests that was happening and we were able to mitigate a lot of the risk that was there so there is a plan that can happen if you choose to follow it you guys could have success too but again it again it comes down to personal agency with these kids and that's always the biggest x factor it's not about can they do it because i'm i it's not about the protocol and the, the the restrictions that we apply to it it's the personal independent uh you know belief system and what they're going to go out there and actually go and and actually follow through on if you don't have responsibility to the to the coronavirus as a student athlete uh then you're not gonna it, it won't be successful so let's assume that the season finishes out in some form and we have all the conference is the conference is who wins the national championship is it asterisk or no i mean i definitely think of the big 10 with ohio fill out the rest i don't want to give them their their due but they are uh the, you know, they were a preseason top five team, top two, I think, in a lot of respects. Uh, yeah, I would kind of look at it as like a little bit like, uh, you know. Like the we have another conversation. They're just like, yeah, of course, like, right. oh, State, Ohio, you fought the rest, had a mm -hmm. championship in 2020, but like, let's remember what's going on. Right, exactly. And, it, and it'd, be, it'd be more so, it would be the, the, the less credible, the like preseason, like early top five teams so like clemson sec you know alabama um if it was like a like a texas a&m and kellen mon gets on a run and goes and you're like well but is it then you would look back at it historically you'd look back at it and go yeah but not all the all the best teams were there and it's like maybe you didn't maybe you could start to pull at the fabric of uh you know the, the final four that was in the, the college football playoffs that's right we're gonna be always looking for excuses but this is weird. It's, are, are we like kind of canceling out a conversation that we have to have every year, which is just like these smaller conferences coming in with an undefeated team where it's just like they need to be part of the playoff picture? 
Yeah, I mean, like teams in the Mountain West or even, you know, FCS North Dakota State who has uh, Trey Lance, a, a quarterback who very well might be taken very early on in the NFL draft coming up. Um, getting these smaller schools the opportunity to shine with the big boys, you're going to have, yeah, you're going to have some question marks. And it's going to make for the thing that's the push, I think, to what you're going after is, is like, it's going to push more of these conferences just to like absolve all these like smaller mid-level teams. That's why teams have left the Big 12 to go to the SEC. That's why uh, formerly the A, you know, Big East have now well, moved yeah, to I mean, 10. Talk to me about that. Why do they do that? Just for TV contracts? Why are they doing that? TV contracts, exposure, um, increasing their, you know, their their ability to vie for a national championship, right? So if oh, you're like, oh, oh, so you because you want to you want to legit like play all those teams to prove your salt. Yeah, and if you're a team like Missouri, for example, and I know this is a they're a they're a negative team bringing up on this conference. You don't know who they are, but they they do have a university over there. They Real- Rogers of universities <laughs> right they <laughs> left the big 12 to go to the sec predominantly for that fact at that time they had a very good uh football club they they wanted the exposure of the national along with texas a&m and for the sec it helps in their draw and their footprint to sell the sec package games right yeah i, I was talking about this thing, but i mean it's still like missouri is part of the big 12 or was part of the Big 12, like, why leave that? You, you have exposure to the Big 12. Could they not compete? Like, why that move? It seems lateral at they, best. They, they could not move, but they went to a significantly improved conference with an Alabama, with Auburn, with your Mississippi States. And the Big, big 12, like, I, is, is, it, is it football and basketball? Because it's just like, I think you get complete respect, like Big 12 football-wise. If you're Missouri and you're playing Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, like Texas, like that's – you're, that's where you want to be. So why that move? Because the SEC is better and their strength of schedule okay. improves automatically the second they, they schedule Auburn in, in, in Alabama. And if they run that table, they might have gone from, um, you know, of the power five conferences, the big 12, which would maybe be like the fourth strongest conference to the first strongest conference. And if I go 11 and one in the big 12 and I don't win the big 12 title, maybe I lose to Texas maybe I don't have a shot in those final four games where if I go 11 and one in the sec, I just have an increased chance of getting into those final fours. It's that political, man. That sounds insane. Yeah, it I, is. It is that political. You're right. right? Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like it, it makes sense, but it's, it's so weird to be like a Missouri to be in like a big 12. And it's just like this and not like not dominate the big 12. I mean, I, I think they had the orange bowl or whatever, but it's just like right. they're dominating. It's just like to go to another conference. So it's just like, Worst case scenario, we're bad in a great conference, right? As opposed to like try to dominate a, a very good conference, right? And and money, you're right. Money does play a big factor in it. It's it's the it's the SEC package of games that they can sell for television rights, and yeah. so it's like oh, so we can get into this. And for the SEC, they like it because that's more markets now that they can sell to, and the coaches like it because now it's like all right, my Alabama games, e- even though I'm a pretty much a national product. I'm still going to show up in the homes in Missouri and in, you know, parts of Texas. And I'm going to, I'm going to have that much more exposure to better talent. So it's like a win-win for the existing SEC, no differently than what the big 10 did, which now is 14 teams. That's why they brought Rutgers in Rutgers stinks football wise. It was, it was to Rutgers advantage to be brought in because they're going to get a lot more money than they would 
when the Big East became the AAC and for the Big 12 or for the Big 10, excuse me, I now have an East Coast presence. Now I'm on on the East Coast. I'm in that New Jersey, New York region, and all those athletes are going to see Nebraska play, and that potentially could help Scott Frost recruit guys out in that area. Amazing. Went so much longer for a segment that I knew nothing about, but I had a blast. Uh, give me real fast. I'm going to put you on the spot. Give me the big winner on this college football season, however it happens, and give me the big loser. Um, one on one, buddy. Big winner. Let's go all the like third year or redshirt juniors that are going to yeah. potentially be opting yeah. out that still could play like yeah. a Trevor Lawrence, right? That's a big winner that the Clemson's still getting to play in his third year um, where he can get more tape on it and be the presumptive number one pick. Uh, the biggest loser, Justin Fields from the quarterback from Ohio, you follow the rest redshirt sophomore or you're such a man of compassion. Yes, I know. Redshirt sophomore at Ohio, you fill out the rest. Really, like, hurts his ability to go out there and be draft eligible to put more tape on there because his freshman year, he did not play. No, he's not. A, he's he'll be a he'll be a true junior. Anyway, he'll be third year removed. He yes, didn't. He had he had he had no. He had what's that, baby? You know so much about Ohio. You fill out the rest. You're like you like you love hate them. You're just why, like, are, why, why, why? So, I want to be like, oh hi, why are you so obsessed with me right now? <laughs> um, they um, he 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 didn't. He has relatively no tape at Georgia, where he's their first year. We didn't beat out uh, the the quarterback there, uh, Jake Fromm, and then uh, had a great sophomore campaign with Ohio. You felt the rest. And so he's a big loser. Sorry, I don't want to say Ohio anymore. I'm a, this is yeah. Ohio free pod from here on out. I say you're doing you're doing the you're doing the right way. You're just like you gave shine where shine was needed, and you stuck to your guns about when to be done. Guys, um, college football season. You know we've been talking about it more. Like he'll be feeding into my ear, and I'll figure out what's going on. But I'll keep an eye on it. Uh, let's get Chris Wheatley on this pod. Let's go, bring us the jam. fantasy getting into it we got chris wheatley oh on the pod finally too long my brother you've been waiting man i have been waiting man you know i've been waiting in the wings just kind of seeing how things go and i've been so excited to join you guys (laughs) thanks for having me really appreciate it i grew this beard out just for you guys i love you i knew it was gonna be brandana style 
wait on the wings, like feeling it out. So you're just like, is this pod going to be a thing? You're just like too early. Can't get on it. Right. There were things like, I remember I calling you like, like college basketball season, probably like three years ago. Mm-hmm. And I was like, mm-hmm. I got to get you the pod. You're like, well, let's, let's wait and see. This is yeah. Let's, it was like, slow your roll. I got a busy, I got a busy schedule. It's sort of like double Dutch, you know, trying to like feel it, feel it out. Do I go? Do I not? Do I go? Fair enough. Uh, so you're going to take us through, you're going to judge the Neapolitan showdown. We're going to yep. talk boy soldiers movie of your choice. We'll get into, but right now we want to do MAB fantasy. A segment we're doing in the fantasy season as it ramps up. We're going to talk about little subjects as they go down. We're talking a little bit about um, that running back for the Chiefs, Clyde Edwards Hilaire. Why am I reading that like I never is that? Did I say the name right? I don't yeah. know. That it sounds is. close. It, it's, a, it's, it's like when you say that name, you're just like, this is going to be a household name later, but not right now. Right. It's like, I'm still figuring it out. And the worst thing is, is like, you're going to pronounce it one way. And then people are like, no, it's Alar. And then it's like, oh, but I've been saying Hilaire this whole time. And then he comes out. He's like, no, two years later, it's it's Alar. Yeah. Yeah. I'm the Hushman Zuda guy of like that commercial. Right. Uh, So I I think people are taking this running back. It's first roundish now. Is that too high? Go, Chris. Chris. You know, I, I'm going to say no. And I feel like, you know, especially in a league, and I know that there's a lot of controversy, especially in the, the greatest league that will not be mentioned here on the there podcast, um, about few folks reaching for CEH. But here's the thing, especially in a league in which you have a keeper opportunity, this is a guy who can be a performer for you year after year after year. So I say, take the kid as long as you can get him. When you have the greatest player in perhaps NFL football history, calling you by your first name when asked who should we draft in the NFL draft Clyde. Yeah. Maybe that's an endorsement you ought to pay attention to. It may, what's your thoughts? I like it. I like it. I like it from the longevity standpoint that Chris mm-hmm. is talking about. I think this year, if you're just looking at like a solo venture and like a redraft league, you know, I, my feelings are rookies are going to be not as, high performing as they have in years past and i've said this before on the pod just for the lack of you know rhythm otas not a real traditional training camp not actually going against live competition aside out you know outside of your own you know your practice facility um doesn't mean i think i'll have a bad season Mm -hmm. i would say if you're drafting them the latter half of the first round depending on how deep your team your your league is you know if it's a 10 team league you're probably taking them in the top part of the second round uh but like a 12 or 14 league you're probably right there so he's probably in that 12 to 15 player range against everybody else which is high praise considering is he, he is a rookie but running backs as we know like the the drop off from that those top tier running backs drop off considerably whereas wide receivers kind of peter out over over yeah. time so his value is increased because of that uh, and then just obviously you put in the the Chiefs offense and then with Pat Mahomes. Yeah. So Chris, are you taking the same evaluation? Like uh, the adaptation, like, is it a keeper league that you want him or regardless? Like obviously if, if you're five, you, mm-hmm. you get to a tricky spot, but you're, you're saying sure. first round. Uh, absolutely. And look, I'm not saying it's not without a gamble. Absolutely. You know, as MA mentioned, taking a rookie running back, 
it's a risky proposition. And if he was going to any other team, I might say, wait a while. But he's getting plugged into, you know, arguably the most high-powered offense in the NFL. He has the, the work ethic, the acumen, the vision, sort of all the skills that you want to see to be, you know, potentially in every down back, even at a small stature. And so I think he's worth rolling the dice, especially if you're somebody who, you know, is maybe stuck in the middle of the pack in your league. You know, maybe you want to, you know, stake out a claim and uh like i said really roll the dice okay so let's, a try. that's that's fine let's say let's say no keeper mm-hmm. and looking like obviously we're not going to talk top four like top four mm-hmm. is figured out like we got elliot we got like henry right, we got right, yeah. michael thomas like it's all there like are you around seven and most awesome i want you to follow up but i'll ask chris first mm-hmm. are you thinking around seven or eight or nine I'm thinking around seven, eight or nine, but I think it's also dependent upon what kind of league you're playing in. Are you in a PPR league in which you're, you know, you're expected to pick up a few extra points from him catching balls out of the backfield? I mean, you look at the kind of success that, um, you know, that Damian had last year with Mahomes throwing him the ball out of the backfield, especially in big time games, you know, Mahomes is going to be able to throw the ball, obviously with, you know, goes without saying all over the field, but you know, when, when you're able to be put into a position, especially in space, in stride, where you can take advantage of all the skills, you know, I mean, you, he, I think is comparable to somebody like Darren Sproles, where he is even sneaky quick for someone you expect to be incredibly quick. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, so I would say, yes, if you're able to kind of get that sort of that additional point cash uh, at, the end of the, at the end of the season in terms of totals from a PPR type league. So most awesome, are we overvaluing this a little bit? Is there something that can be exploited about like, obviously we're in a realm with cheese fans, but there's something that can reach a little bit and like figure that out. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. We've never had a prospect like this, like a rookie prospect enter into the fantasy season, basically sight unseen. We've seen his college yeah. tape. We've seen what he's done. And to, to Wheatley's uh, point is, is like the, the greatest advantage that he has is in those like check down plays where he's against linebackers and that's where Mahomes can excel in keeping plays alive and then dumping off. And then we can have, you know, huge gash plays for 20, 30 yards because the play's already downfield on this side of the field. And then he dumps off here, makes one guy miss, and then he's gone for 25, 30 yards. Mm-hmm. Those are the, those are the big plays that we kind of anticipate. Um, so, so yeah, but it's, it, it's, it's, if you're trying to make a splash and you're not feeling solid about, say, uh, like a, uh, you know, a, a, a Sony Michelle or like a Kenyon Drake, who actually just got hurt. But some of those guys, like a, a Ronald Jones, or some of those guys that are like kind of floating around there, I'm not really sure. I would take that just based on the offense and the, the ability for that position to translate quickly mm-hmm. to the NFL um, to, to pay off some div- dividends. And like you said, if you're 7, 8, 9 in a 10 to 12 league, it might be worthwhile to get that guy now on, on basically what potentially could be like a, a steal of the first round, take him and then follow back up with a wide receiver. Cause we know that depth of wide receiver is much, much more significant in the second round. So yeah, you guys remember, and we'll get out of the segment cause we got to move on, but do you guys remember the last reach on running back that kind of blew up in people's faces besides Mendenhall? And then that's me. That's me. That's me. And then leak that was. But do you remember, like, what's the last? Was it the muscle hamster? What's the last, like, Ooh. reach, quote unquote, reach on running back that kind of just didn't come to fruition? Because usually these are like, it's it's a solid call. 
Yeah. I mean, you, you know, Doug Martin's a, uh, like a fantastic one. I'm, I'm actually miffed that you stole that from us, but um, like even, you know, you, you had, you, you had, I mean, even my carry on Johnson for Detroit is like one of those ones, like, all right, could be sneaky, you know, third, fourth round. Um, but first round, like the Jordan Howards of Philadelphia, right? They're like, oh, this guy had a great season coming back and it's shit the bad. You know, that's always going to be a rough one. Yeah, real fast, Chris, before we get out of this, is there something you look about, like, does it matter drafting a great running back on a great team or is it just the carries? You know, I think that's a great question. And I think it's a combination of them both. I mean, I think it's easy to get carried away with some with a, with a college running back's career to say, you know, especially, you know, someone who's a speed guy, who's got a lot of flash, you expect him to be a home run hitter. Again, I think what separates CEH is the fact that he is not a speed guy. I mean, I think what was his 40 time, like something four, six, four, five, four, six, which, you know, in this league is, you know, very slow for, for a skilled position player. The fact that he has the incredible vision, you know, the way he uses leverage and his like second and third moves to manipulate the second level is, is something you don't see very often. And I think that's really kind of one of those things that sets him apart uh, that, you know, again, would entice someone like me to, to potentially gamble on him uh, early, you know, early in the, the second round, potentially late in the first round. Why am I forgetting about this right now? Why am I forgetting you played college ball at running back? <laughs> so I know, I know. <laughs> Why oh, yeah, you know, bury the lead. <laughs> Why, yeah. I, did, I, did, I fucking buried the lead. So what was the most, uh, the most challenging thing about like, college football? What was the change point between high school and college? And what do you think it was about you that made you at least to be considered at that level? Sure. Uh, you know, the most challenging thing or, you know, I think the most challenging thing, the most surprising thing, and the most exciting thing for me about transitioning between high school football and college football is that when you get up to that next level, and I I imagine it's even more so for guys who end up going on to play in the league, but in high school, there's the stratification between guys that can play and guys that really just wanted to be on the team is, is fairly large. But once you get up into that second level, everyone can play. Like it's the, the differentiation between, you know, the guys that, you know, again, are, you know, potentially, you know, walk-ons, preferred walk-ons like myself, or, and the guys that were, you know, highly recruited scholarship players is the, the margin between those guys is not as great as, you know, the, the cats you played with in high school that, you know, probably didn't get into the game very often. I think what set me apart, you know, you don't, you don't look at me, I'm, you know, five, nine and a half, five, ten on a really good day if I've been laying down and stretching, uh, is that I was, it was a pretty fast guy and I was really quick to get up to speed. So I think that my stature and my ability to kind of flash in that way is what really allowed me to, to kind of separate myself from some of my peers. Do you think it was like, uh, like we went there, was it an environment of just like everyone cheering up everybody on or was it like super competitive? Uh, it was a little bit of both. You know, I mean, I can remember times when I was playing on the scout team and like, um, you know, breaking off and kind of being a linebacker down the line to catch a pass, you know, from, from the scout team quarterback and getting, you know, cheers from the sideline and guys coming up and, you know, saying good work. But then also if you like try to get a little bit too cute on the, on, on the scout team, you're going to get popped in the mouth. Um, I mean, there were guys that, you know, I played with, 
I, you know, I was fortunate to be, to, to be on the team with the Kansas State Wildcats in 2000, 2001. So I was playing with guys like John McGraw, uh, Ben Lieber, um, Terrence Newman. You know, these were guys who ended up having, you know, some of which had a really long NFL career. And so, you know, even Terrence Newman, who is had world-class speed, both on the football field and in the indoor uh, kind of track, I guess you could say. Um, you know, I remember one time, you know, I was flashing a little bit of speed, especially for like this, you know, this young freshman out of nowhere. Um, and we were lining up for some drills where we were both supposed to be kind of running downhill, kind of down the crown of the field, just in sort of a speed build, uh, speed uh, drill in a workout. And he wanted to race me and the, and the strength coaches wouldn't allow him to do this. So we're probably, I don't know, separated by 15, 15 yards side to side. And we're both supposed to be facing away from each other. Dude lines up, the whistle is blown and he catches up to me and passes me in like 20, you know, 20 yards, maybe that long. Oh, wow. I'm a pretty fast dude. You know, I was like maybe a four, 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 five guy. But seeing that kind of athleticism and speed was absolutely incredible and so much fun to be around. Nice. It's so good. So it's like when you went to like college ball, is there anything that I don't know, you saw like, like you wanted or like to improve your game? Like what were your thoughts? Like what, when you went in there, were you, were, were you thinking NFL? Were you thinking next level? Or are you just thinking like, I want, I want to maintain? I just, I just, honestly, I just love to play the game. You know, it was, it was just something that was always really fun to me. I loved being in the team atmosphere, you know, challenging yourself every single day, trying to outwork, you know, the guys around you getting kind of picked up and both picked up and beat down by, by the cats you were playing with was really, I think what excited me the most. Did you have a Rudy moment where they all like put their like Jersey down on the coaches and be like, he's got to play today. <laughs> Not quite. Although, you know, there was a moment I don't remember for the life of me who we were playing. It was some, you know, Kansas state had, had certainly a reputation in those days of, of a softer schedule in the yeah, those conference games. Bill Snyder cupcake four out of conference Amen. games. You know, right. it worked out, it worked out for right. him, but right. uh, you know, we were, we were beating somebody, something handily and, you know, coach was essentially going down the line and was like, all right, you're going in next. All right. You're going in next. All right. Red shirt, red shirt, red shirt. So, yeah. you know, I didn't end up, you know, I got hurt. I didn't end up uh, going past my freshman year. Um, you know, maybe knowing what I know now, I would have said, you know, I'm stripping off that red shirt. He probably wouldn't let me go in anyway, but that would have been, I think my closest, my closest uh, Rudy moment. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I, real fast. Uh, so C E H. Am I doing that right order? C E H. You're good. Yeah, you're good. You're good. Uh, okay. Well, Rankin, where's he finish yardage this year? One to ten. Assuming you got him in the top ten. Rush yards are combined. Uh, I'll do combined. I'll do combined. I'll do overall fantasy points. No, but I, I want to minus touchdowns. So combined. Mm-hmm. Combined, mm-hmm. not touchdowns. I'll okay, go top ten. I'll go top eight. Top eight? Eight. Mm-hmm. Worst case scenario, eight. We got him. Worst case scenario, eight. Yeah, no, I think he's somewhere, like, yardage-wise, like, somewhere combination 1,500. I don't think he rushes for 1,000 yards this year, but I think it's, like, it's very much like Alvin Kamara's rookie year. If we're looking for, like, a best-case scenario, and it's, like, 800 maybe receiving yards and, like, 700, so, like, 1,500 total. So, I'd probably total rushing yards. I'd probably put in that mm, – nine-ish, ten-ish, you know, total yardage. I'm trying to think of what the total yardage is right now for, like, some of those guys. 
Most of yeah, them. I mean, but you, 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 yeah, you have you, you, but it's a great point. If you have to, and then we'll bury this, but like if in fantasy, you've got to draft your guy. If that's the right, guy right. you want, like you're not going. And I think the more so, God, we got to finish this fucking segment. But like, <laughs> like four or five years ago, it was just like, <laughs> everyone was just like, I know fantasy so well, and sleepers were a thing. They're not anymore. Everyone knows everything. So it's just like, I, I know where I'm at in the auction. I know where I'm at on the horn. If I'm doing a snake draft, I got to get my guy. And it's yeah. not insane to go like, you can go Clyde and you can circle back and probably get like, what are we talking about? Like, uh, probably um, like Vikings wide receiver, do a little feeling. Like yeah. Thielen Clyde wouldn't be like an insane, it'd be a nice turn. It'd be a right turn. Yeah. Yeah. Juju Schuster Smith, somewhere in there. Right. Yeah. That, that tier two or lower tier one, top tier two wide receiver for sure. All right, guys, we're your fantasy football advice. Email us at mmbsportspodcast at gmail.com. I will tell you who I like, and you can avoid that as you do <laughs> it. Uh, we know why he came here to play. We got MAB date night. We got Chris mm-hmm. Wheatley with us. Far too long, episode 131. Bring us to the jam. Oh, yeah, it's the map date night. The showdown is where they fight. Here they discuss if this movie sucks. Why? Because this pod fucks. I said this pod fucks. Oh, yeah, this pod fucks. All right. Toy Soldiers. You picked this, Wheatley. I did. Why? I don't mean like that. It's not loaded. Hey, Wheatley, what the fuck? It's not like a (laughs) Honestly, bro, guys, this was one of my favorite movies as a kid in the 90s. I fucking loved this movie. And what's funny about this is that, like, growing up, rated R movies, not allowed uh, in, in my household. So I only got to watch this movie at my grandparents' house. And what's hilarious about that is that if you knew like Warren and Virginia Wheatley, they were incredibly devout religious Mormons. Oh, there were, and I have no idea how they got a hold of this movie. Like my grandmother was a TV guide fanatic. Well, it's, it's in their cabinet. Oh, so this is you sneaking in a backpack. No, this was in their cabinet. There were two movies that I would watch every single time I went to their house. One of them was the, the Book of Mormon animated series, the, play, the Nephi and the Golden Plates. Don't ask me why. I couldn't tell you what the story was about. And the other one was Toy Soldiers. And I think it was probably one of those situations where they would just collect movies and they were like, ah, oh, Toy Soldiers. We'll put that in the cabinet for the kids. Perfect, yeah. And it would go on like every night when they went to bed me and like my cousins would pop in toy soldiers. We'd watch it, watch it once. Maybe we'd watch it two, three times. I mean, by the time was the weekend was up, we'd have seen it like four or five times. That's hilarious. I, I do love the fact that there's a real Sophie's choice. You're like book of Mormon tonight, toy right. soldiers. Seeing a little John Smith right now. Let's put this in. You know what I mean? I love that. Oh, is this on your radar? Most awesome. Do you see this? Not, not, not like that. No. Um, I do. I do love the fact that you did point out the fact that uh, grandma and grandpa's house is like the place for where we all saw stuff that we shouldn't like. Yeah. Maybe the caught the first like Skinamax movie. Is that like grandma and grandpa's house? Like, I, I'll tell this quick story. I'll only take over. Yeah. So first VHS porn. 
at my grandparents' house. Yeah, hell yeah, dude. <laughs> the first time I drank beer, at, I used to do this thing. Did I even tell them the pod? I used to, my grandparents would go to bed, and my grandfather would love to crush Bud Lights. So I would drink Bud Lights, right, and then right. I would turn the 12-pack around and back it up. So I would drink it out of the front, but to not make it look like he's losing beers, I would swip it around. <laughs> so <they> got, <laughs> a little misdirect. <laughs> So he get to the end and just put his hand and just goes like all the way through the chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, open up a fresh twelve pack and be like, "What the fuck? There's only three in here." He <laughs> had to do that one point. Uh, it's so good, so good. Um, yeah, no, this wasn't on the rotation. I do. We uh, we actually Wheatley and I got to really cozy up date night style, Ooh, watch nice. it together on on the on the sofa while many kids ran in and out. And we had to quickly pause at spots yeah. that we didn't want them to, to see. Think, yeah. But yeah, it wasn't on the rotation, but the, the deeper we got into it, I was like, oh yeah, you know, I remember this movie more. It was like slowly starting to come back, like much like the 90s nostalgia stuff that we, that we like to watch on date night. So uh, Wheatley, what did you love about it? Was it like the curse words? Was it just like a kind of one man versus the world? Like what brought you into it? Or yeah, was, I mean, like, honestly, I think, it has, I think it has like so many things about like 90s movies that you love, right? It's a, it's a band of kids against bad guys in an environment that was to me like totally foreign to me like the whole um you know prep school concept no experience with it whatsoever so that was sort of you know foreign and and interesting um you know you had sort of these uh, the, the 90s clothes the hair the music it was sort of like this perfect package uh you know Gossett Jr I mean honestly what else do you need out of a 90s movie um you know it's pretty rad Gus is hitting home runs. Uh, yeah, so we have yeah. a poor man, Stephen Seagal, as the bad guy. So here, right. here's your thing. Uh, this is what? This is a 1991 <laughs> movie? I think I looked it up. Uh, well, I did look it up. I just don't remember the year. But it's, uh, so it's, it's 1991. Yeah. So we got, we basically, uh, this, this school gets overtaken by terrorists. And then Sean Astin yeah. uh, leads the band of friends, like these misfits. It's a misfit school. Full of rich kids. Uh, we'll save that for toughest plot pills to swallow. But, <laughs> and, and, like, and then he just basically, uh, they take him over and they do the count, the head count, which is great. What's your uh, toughest plot pill to swallow? Let's get into it. What do you got, Chris? You know, for me, and I think this is applicable to a lot of movies of that era and even today, but watching like teenage kids, you know, Sean Astin and, and his ilk, overpowering bad guys with like one or two of them yeah you know especially towards the end and the takeover is just like uh with like you know slamming their head into the floor like okay over under like how many 16 year olds does it take to beat you up chris wheatley (laughs) like like three and a half at least four right yeah i would say i would god i would hope four um, it's now, probably more like two and a half, but you know, I got to now, now put a doozy in your hands. How many of right, them? Exactly. How many of them? Yeah. Right, exactly. <laughs> well, the oozy is in your hand for the sake of the, you have an oozy to shoot fucking right. kids if they fuck right. it up. Right, right, right. Yeah, like Joey, what is his name? Joey Torta, the Will Wheaton character, mm-hmm. like just basically going ham on the guy. And it's like, hey, this buck 20 kid is like just roughing me up. And then he's going on a shooting spree. Like not, it's not, it's not solid. I don't, I don't believe it. Right. All right. So real fast, what's your uh, MA? What's your target? Like say a school is getting taken over. You're in high school. Like, are you a leader or follower? 
you putting together a plan or you're just like, let's just wait this out. Yeah. I like to think I'm a leader. I, I mean, I think we all, I think we all see ourselves as, as you know, Sean Astin's character is Billy, right? We all see ourselves as that, but I worry that I'm, I, well, I definitely won't be Joey cause I can't draw for shit. So I'm not doing sketch artists of all the, all the like, you know, Was that helpful? Drivers. yeah, it's just like, uh, the, the Philip Seymour Hoffman gray haired guy that has like the, it's just like, you know, like right. shoot the adult that right. you see. <laughs> like, this right. is an adult with a rifle. Hey, don't him. kill the, the, any, the non-kids, get those guys. <laughs> yeah. If someone looks like mid fifties, like pull that trigger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think I would like to think I'm a, I'm that, or I'm like, um, like, uh, w- you know, one of the other like burly guys, like the enforcer, like I'm going to go, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna like the the guys that were like, no, we're doing this, we're 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 signaling them, like we we got us this floor, Billy. I know you're having a you know, you know, crisis of conscience right now, but we're yeah, doing I, this. I, I, yeah, I, I I do picture you as just like top. I, I picture both of you guys like top of the rouse. Like, is there any like, uh, Chris, give it to me. Is there any part of the strategy that you saw wrong or you differently? No, honestly, I, you know, I, I think their, their first approach, like get information to the outside world, like you've got to get support from the adults. So I think that approach actually sort of lent some credence to their overall plan. Yeah. It was just that when it started, when like shit started to go down and they were just like karate chopping fools, like it was nothing, <laughs> like where it started to fall apart a little bit for me. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a little bit too much trust, uh, Lewis Gossett, uh, a little too much trust in this, like just hell yet. He's just like, yeah, yeah, he can, right. he can figure out how to take over these terrorists. That, that was, that was the toughest spot. Though. Yeah. And the, and the, <laughs> and the United States army being like, all right, <laughs> Dean trust, of yeah. this school yeah. where they send all their bad kids to, I guess we'll trust you too. <laughs> Known you for 36 hours. Sweet. Okay. We'll go for this. You know what I mean? It's, yeah, it was like, it was the, the script was trying and it was super close. Cause it was just like, oh, well, oh, they're all the rich kids all the rich kids live here. Like all the like yeah, powerful yeah. people's kids go here. Right. But then they also make it, make it a reject school. So it's just like, which one am I dealing with? Yes. That's the other thing too. It's like all the upper classmen are rejects, but then there's like, we were talking about this earlier. Like then there's like the 10 and 11 year old kids that are there too. It's like, well, is this kid a bad kid too? Or is this kid just like a rich kid or what, what kid is this? You guys were talking about the soft pod? No, 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 no. We were just talking. We, I mean, it came up. Sorry, yeah. B look, yeah. Look, man. <laughs> Dude, I'm just jealous. I just, I'm, yeah, I got I just like yeah. I just like got caught. Be like, look, baby, he doesn't mean anything to me, baby. <laughs> uh Wheatley, where are you on kind of the spectrum of putting this game plan together? Is this what you would do if your school was overtaken? Or what are you thinking? I mean, yeah, like you said, I think we all want to see ourselves as like the leader of the pack, somebody who's pushing for pushing to fight back. You know, if I have to put myself at that age group, you know, I was on the smaller side, so I might end up being like Yogurt, who had like the 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 you know the toy yeah, plane. The was, oh, yeah, right. Yeah. It was that honestly? That's you know not not to jump over to to the same topic, but that was I think another tough plane uh, pill to swallow was like the little pipsqueak kid leaning down the vent instructing him on how to like diffuse the bomb right. was a little bit like all right okay this kid's like 11 yeah it's weird like this this movie got it felt like it was close at times and then it would just go like the garage door opener taped to the yes. hand yes. like it would get so close and then it would just be like oh fuck i can't follow you anymore 
right. Well, you got you got a red transmitter and a blue transmitter. Well, this only has one transmitter. <laughs> well, I guess that's the one then. All right. So we're just same size. We're either gonna yeah right. We're either gonna blow this school up because of Melvin and yogurt because he doesn't know like what to do. All right, sweet. Let's do it. I I never liked the premise as a kid, but now it seems like so we're just gonna do a head count. Like we're not doing a roll call. We're literally just gonna count heads every hour and if we get to 91 like and that's all good right we're just gonna we're just gonna no yeah we're just gonna kill if we miss it we're gonna kill you if not we're just gonna count it but i did like that okay. that some of them were like trying to like hop back in line that was the best scene actually i think the most yeah. scene was him coming yes. back and he billy like i think on his feet but how quickly do they suss that out when they find like the socks in the hallway and like a pile of soggy clothes like in you know in the base like aren't they sweeping the building too to make sure that you know uh the the military isn't kind of trying to sneak in yeah i could see that although you know when they're doing the the count of the bad guys i think there were only like a dozen or so of them so you got to think like that that number of guys they've got some pretty heavy artillery but they've got what was it like three miles of perimeter to try to keep track of so like crew to take yeah prep school yeah exactly they didn't think this out they didn't you know i always i, I really mean, wish the writers there was more. toy soldiers i mean the writers of toy soldiers did not make this out right, right, right. <laughs> not not luis cali the the, the cali cartel yeah although I, you know i I, so, I sometimes wish we would have gotten a little bit more backstory on like Kali and like his sidekick you know like the the bad guy from raiders of the lost ark yeah um, the right. dude with the glasses right. like what's their story? How did they get hooked up? Were they like buddies at the prep school, the military academy that uh, Kali went to? And like, that's how they got connected. Like, I want to know more about that. That is a great point. I always think like when we watch these movies and they're like, they're bros, they're bad guys. It's just like, were you bad guys first and you got connected like in an (laughs) e-harmony, like bad guy thing? Or were we just like, (laughs) or were we just like slamming whiskey and it's just like, you know what we should do? We should fucking overtake a school. It's just like, Thank God you said it. I was thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> you just think like, how does the relationships ever go down? I have no idea. Because you're right. Like they're like, he speaks a foreign language. I I don't think he's even fucking local. And he is this guy in the hunter vest. Is like, how do they hook up? Like, did they meet at like a dive bar? Like, did he put it on a Craigslist ad? Like, how they go down? Right, we we don't we're not. They're super supportive. They're probably the best. Yes, they they look super supportive. Because he, he he did this thing. He had the phone, and then the phone yeah. conversation was over. And yeah. they held the phone, and he held it too long because he was hanging up the phone. Like, why are you even like doing chances they can right. hear you? But he held the phone until long and he hung it up for him. And it was like great work. Like, right, right. He was here? pumped on his negotiation. He's like, "Fuck yeah, you did it, man. You screwed <laughs> those dudes." Where is that? Um, all right. Any any quotable lines? I mean, pots, pots and pans is always like one of the most memorable, like, you know, little exchanges. Oh, you say like, that thrown up? Like, oh, yeah, dude. Pots and pans. Oh, no. <laughs> pots and pans. Pots and pans. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it made like, it makes eating look disgusting. Because there's no like. Oh, yeah. I remember this kid was just like, oh, like, you, there were all those movies just like, oh, you gotta, like, it's like, and then eventually you realize, what are they cooking? Right. If the pan's that disgusting, what was being made? Yeah, the and who gets in done, there? Who gets done cooking and just like your problem? Right. <laughs> Why do they have oatmeal for every meal? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> every prep school has gruel. Um, I loved. I love Louis Gossett Jr. in the like military camp, 
when they're like, do you know a Billy? Like, I forget his last name, Stuber. And he's like, yeah, I was waiting on something from him. And it's like, <laughs> what? He's a 16-year-old prep school kid who's like basically getting threatened to be kicked out. And you're like, yeah, yeah. no, no, this is the guy we need, right? I, I knew he was going to come through. How do you know he's not just like pissing his pants in the corner? And even if you're like Luke Gossett Jr., you're just like, I'm tying my reputation onto, like, I've met some 16-year-olds. Right. Would, would I ever put, like, my career on the line for, like, a 16-year-old, no matter how awesome they are? Right. Or if, no. I'm, if I'm the FBI director, am I going to be like, well, I'm going to judge this guy's character yeah, if you're gonna based keep- on judging this 16-year-old's character based on basically that, what, he was able to tap into their phone system to listen to, like, you know, dirty talk and, and fake mouthwash alcohol and what uh, move the Dean's or I don't know, the, the head to close up. Like that's it. That's the three things we are like, Oh, this kid's on the, all the, on yeah. the ball. Like this, that's great point we got out of it. it's like, this kid's a genius because he learned how to turn vodka green. Just relax. <laughs> relax. <laughs> everyone, everyone can do that. It's, it's not a thing. Yeah. Um, all right, guys. Let's uh let's do it. A the stars they need. It's on a scale of one to we haven't figured out how many air horns. We'll start right now. Ready? Uh, one, two, three. Oh, four. Four and who knows? Could be five. Could be four. You have it three most awesome. I uh, yeah, I went three on it. Uh, I'm telling you, like, there's a lot of things about this movie that, you know, some plot pills were tough to swallow, some things that were obviously dated, but honestly, the nostalgia for me was still there. Like, yeah. I still dug it. Like, at the, the end scene where they're looking for Billy, and they found him, and they all gathered up in the, in like, out in the quad or right outside the school, like, I got some, I got some goosies, bros. I got uh, some goosebumps. Oh, it was a little something. chill factor. It was a little chill. I was like, all right. Right. Little 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 dude's rule action right there. Little dude's it. rule. <laughs> I don't know about that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Neapolitan showdown. Bring us to the jam. So let's leave it alone. Cause we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no bad guy. There's only you and me, and we just disagree. All right, um, top, because we're in a school. We're in a school. Hell yeah. Toy soldiers. Toy soldiers. We're doing uh, bit top, by three, bit. top three uh, school lunches. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'd like you to judge this Wheatley. We go back and forth. Everybody knows how the Neapolitan showdown works. I think Quickly, can we, get a little, can we get a little Nia, Nia chime in from Wheatley? I don't think we've gotten one from him. Mm. On ranking or the order of Neapolitan ice cream individually, oh, I like chocolate, vanilla, right. strawberry. Let's like, figure out if he's insane or not. All right, you're right. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go chocolate, strawberry, vanilla. I mean, it's it's Beautiful. pretty straightforward CSB to me. Fucking crushing it. You know, and and I'll be I'll be honest. Like one and two are pretty darn close. Yeah, yeah. It's like a razor's edge, but like chocolate, I'm always in the mood for. Strawberry is like eight out of ten. Yeah, look at that. Now we now we know going into this, this can be judged fairly and honestly. Yeah. It's like Wheatley, always in the mood for? Not really. But eight out of ten times, I'll take him on this box. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. Uh, so we're doing a cafeteria 
lunches. We brought this up because we watched Toy Soldiers, the other thing, scrum pots and pans, uh, disgusting food. But there was a meal that was on the menu. First of all, uh, most awesome. Did yeah. you have? Did you have the weekly menu? Did you see what was coming down the pike? First off, first off, Mrs. Four Star was anti cafeteria lunches. I I got bag lunches all the time. Uh, the only right. time that I, I but I would I would pine right, for. I know, right? Rich kid, shit. It was the exact opposite of that. They didn't want to break oh, off for, those ends. No, for Topeka, Topeka was like Topeka, Kansas. It was like rich kids brought the bag lunches. Oh Wait, really? Wheatley, where you were you at on this? You know, I think it depends on whether we're talking like grade school lunches, because that's a whole like world unto itself. Or okay. once you got into high school, because then you had like pizzas, you could yeah, go out to lunch, there. you could hit up Wendy's, you could hit up McDonald's, like it was I'm, a whole new world. I'm sure you could. I'm sure you could. <laughs> we're talking grade school. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was like, you know, below, like uh, ham sandwich, salami sandwich with mustard and cheese, apple, maybe like a apple. Hostess- apple? gross fruit sucks fruit does suck but you know sometimes you're in the mood to like have a, a palate cleanser before i dip into that ho-hos or those ding-dongs <laughs> mm, you know swiss cake like rolls a, bro yeah oh <laughs> yeah Ooh, fucking up some pecan rolls oh, really good. okay we're talking pack. did you guys get a pick we most of us we talk about this but we did probably, yes, yes. Did, did you get did you get to pick your little debbies like i remember a thing in grade yeah. school went down and just like pick your little debbie box that you want for this week and there'd yeah. be like a fucking fudge round or whatever shit i wanted totally yeah. and it was generally zebra cakes followed closely by swiss cake rolls oh, swiss zebra cakes good yes oh, oh dude yeah. zebra cakes i would fucking crush some zebra cakes but <laughs> fudge rounds is the business I know we we've done this. This is a neo. We have done. Yeah, yeah, okay, we'll go back. But it's just like my dad likes star crunches. Snore, snore, <laughs> no. Star crunches. Yeah, I had a buddy who was like obsessed with nutter butters, and I just I could never get into them. I mean, they're fine. That's fine. I I'm love a peanut butter butters. guy, but like I love nutter uh, butters. That's my jam. Those little crackers <laughs> and the peanuts. All right, all right relax. That's not this neo. That's okay. not this neo. <laughs> all right, sorry. All right. Great school lunches. All right, my number three out of the gate. Uh, Wheatley, you'll be judging and you can share if you'd like uh i'm i'm gonna chalk i'm gonna do the square pizza mm. like where they had like those little tiny pepperonis before tony's yeah. pepperonis existed or tortitas or whatever like it would just be like it was just like yeah this is this is a good lunch this is what yes. i'm talking about and and i'm i'm we're right on on par with this because i got i got that too as mm. my that square yeah and my number three square pizza yeah, square. Square. There was something Rectangle. for me that was like really Rectangle. good about the cheese that got stuck to the side, like carton to like peel that off nicely. And then you kind of chew that a little bit. That was really good. And I definitely like, did you degrease that? Were you a blotter? You were a blotter, weren't you? I I blotted the hell out of that. Oh shit. I didn't know you could blot until like, I was like 26. Like (laughs) you can blot shit. Cause I'm definitely, I'm a blotter now. 1000%. Sure. I, I didn't think about it back then. You're Ten-year-old like- B was not a blotter. I wasn't a blotter, but my my like eating technique for those rectangular pizzas was actually roll it up like a burrito, Whoa. and then I would just like kind of squeeze it and allow a little bit of the grease to drop out, and then sort of, sort of mow it from one end. Yeah, there you go. You go hard on that end. I mm-hmm. like it. You're insane. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> roll it up like a burrito. That's nuts, dude. You, you don't know. You don't. No. But I would I would peel off the pepperonis first, eat that, and then eat the cheese because I. I what did you those, did you have the, the cube pepperonis like the dice, mm-hmm. dice pepperonis or sometimes like, or sometimes they would get fancy. It really depended on like what like 
what prison they got it shipped from that week. <laughs> it was like, but they, but they, the, sometimes they would have the circular ones that would curl up and create yeah. like a little mini pool, like an above ground yeah. grease pool right. for pizza. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right, billionaire can do that. Yeah. All right, well, that's obviously a dead heat. Unless you prefer something you like, Wheatley, that puts one of us above the other. You know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have this be a push. You know, you both, yeah. both uh, made a solid right. argument. It sounds like, you know, I'm tempted to take a point away uh, for the blotting, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna allow oh. it. Oh, I thought uh, you would have been a, a blotter's creek. Home. Yeah, there yeah. you go. That's right. That's fine. That works. Makes uh, fucking sense. No, all right, my number. You're not kidding. You no, mean no. every word you say. <laughs> you, I'm going to do the, uh, I'm going to do the beef stew. And this is why this Ooh. is wild. This is wild. It had like, it had the thick egg noodles. And you know, I hate eggs. But it was like, I don't know how grade schools were like, we're going to do soups in these little fucking trays. But they pulled it off somehow. They were just like, here's your spatula of beef stew in something that should be handling a pizza or a sandwich. Yeah. So we and had, yeah, go ahead. Go. Sorry. Go, go, go. That's good. No, that's, no, no. That's, I'm, I'm, I'm fucking charged up on this. Cause, good. Because we had like a stroganoff, right? Which is the same thing, just new. Uh, this is white. disgusting. Stroganoff's white, white and creamy. Stroganoff's white and creamy. Get the fuck no, it's back. not. There's beef stroganoff. That's a brown gravy, right? Am I right <laughs> on this? There's something. There's sour cream based. There's something going on inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, right, right. You just, you're just, you're just, you're going to PTSD on there. You're going to PTS stroganoff on this. Um, I did not, I did not vibe with that. I thought it was gross. And but it it was very much like what Billy was cleaning out of those tubs, that stroganoff or beef stew, right? That's what it looked like. Yeah. What's so that? What's that? What's that? What's, is is um? Did, and we'll go to number two. I'll get Wheatley involved. Is there one dish you had at home when your family was like, you got to finish your plate that you would absolutely not eat? Because that was beef stroganoff. I remember sitting in front of a plate of beef stroganoff for like half an hour, maybe two hours, and just like, I'm not eating this. I hate it. Is it no. Brussels sprout? I, uh, You're just gobbling up everything? I'm clean plate club, baby. You know this. <laughs> you fuck Body Wait, by you, clean plate you, club. You got anything like that? Like when you're like as a kid, you're just like, I'm not eating this. Anything that had cooked celery in it wasn't oh, happening. Celery. Wasn't was, touching it. Love, you know, ants on a log, all for it. Sure. You cook that shit, I'm out. Raw yeah. celery. You're pro raw celery. I am pro raw celery. I mean, especially today, like obviously my taste buds have changed, but man, back in the day, if it had cooked celery in it, I, I couldn't even think about eating it. You just drew something up for me. Cooked carrots. That was my mm. kryptonite. I couldn't do it. It would make me gag. I literally would be like retching into my napkin eating cooked carrots. Uh, all right. What's your number two, buddy? Cafeteria. Number two, number two chicken tenders and tots. Not the fries. Oh, tots, baby. Oh, you're, you're 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 playing the audience. You're playing the judge. That's unfair. Of course, everybody loves chicken tenders and tots. Fuck yeah, that's why it's delicious. This is our bed. This is our tots. Yeah, tots. Tots. Nice. Tots were the shit, man. Exactly. Underrated, and you could get you. I felt like you could get more potato per oh, wait. tot. Except where are you adding tots? I feel like the Vikings win the Super Bowl and tots, and I can get Wheelie on board. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because <laughs> I just threw tots on the side. Yeah, you know, uh, I'm sorry. I got to give this round to MA. I'm going to yeah. score it 10 to 5. B, I'm giving you five points because you overcame your fear of eggs. You mentioned a dish that I was absolutely never served in grade school. I don't know who was serving noodle-based beef stew. <laughs> 
but you brought it in your lineup without fear, without hesitation. So you're getting five points for that. It's 10 to well, five. I'd like to say you need to eat grade school Topeka lunches more often, but I would not mean that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I thought we were friends. You wouldn't wish you're that good. on your friends. Right. All right, uh, top spot. Let's go. MA, drive the horse on this. Yeah. MA, MA right. Sports Cast, episode 131. Relax. Uh, Relax. So it's the bread and chicken patty. Breaded chicken patty, and you oh. got the roll, and you also got the mashed potatoes on that day, and you yes. got that fucking chicken, like gelatinous yellow gravy, and you made it into a sandwich. Walk off! That's a walk off. <laughs> God, I love it. God I damn. Did, I like I it. You're it. posturing. That's I like so it. So yellow bad. brown gravy. Nothing says delicious like yellow and brown gravy. That's a good one. I forget. I forgot about that one. Well, because it's also like everyone thought you were a genius because everybody would be sitting around eating their like their chicken patty, and then somebody would look over to you and saw you made a fucking sandwich with the yeah, roll yeah. and the gravy and the mashed potatoes on that sandwich, and it's just like, Ooh. holy shit! Like this guy's gonna invent something huge. Right, right. This I don't know what it is, but this guy thinks outside the box. We don't know who our Billy was, but we just found out. Like that's like what that's it. Yeah. Leader, leader. Um, my number one, and this is underrated, you get it a little bit. I'm going lasagna. Still in that square thing. Getting Dominated. a little cut. Get a little Dominated. crispy Dominated. on there. Dominated. <laughs> okay. Uh, Let me get through it, B. Sure. You had your time. This is my time, sir. But lasagna was great. You got it. It was it 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 had a little like pasta, a little bit of the cheese to it. You scoop it out there. The 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 sauce wasn't too uh, tangy, right? So it was good. Uh, like, was I think that's what, that's what I, I'm not going to do. Party, fill me up. Wheatley is going to weigh in, but it's just like, that's the problem with grade school lunches. It, when they try to like go outside their box, when they're just like, we're doing chicken cacciatore, it's just like, no, you're not. Yeah. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You're going to fail this. Whatever you do, you're failing because you cannot make this for 300 They just recycled the pizza <laughs> bot, like the pizza cartons, and just like yeah. slunked in pasta. So it's just like, do what you do. Like, heat up these frozen chicken patties, put them on a tray, cook with the, all these pizzas, put them on a tray. But as soon as they're just like, oh, you know, we're going to do, yeah, we're going to think outside the box. Like, here's a little, like, uh, we're going to do pork chop with a little, like, uh, chutney. It's just like, this <laughs> right. is going to be a tough hack. Applesauce. Ugh. No, thanks. You know, M.A., I appreciate where you're coming from, you yeah. know, using using the uh, sort of the dark horse, the, the, the underrated lasagna. But here's the thing for me with the lasagna. It was always this top noodle that was completely inedible. They would overcook that Ooh. and you would try to cut it with your fork and yeah. everything would just splash out the sides if you Fair tried point. to pick it up and bite into it like i might have had to visit the dentist once or twice because of the lasagna and personally i was a chicken sandwich guy b you're not gonna like this but i would put a little mayo and some mustard on it with that cheese and the bread i would mow that down i gotta i gotta score this round 20 to 10 uh, or brandana mayo 25 10, 20 all together yep That's 25 right. 20 oh, yeah uh Loser champion. So it lines up. Winner, oh. not winner. All right. That's the that's the bottom score. I don't like it when we fight. <laughs> I don't like are we fighting? Yeah, we are. No. Fighting. No, we're not fighting. We're fighting. Let's fight. Let's not fight. Let's All not right. fight. We'll fight in front of our guest. Brandon and Gamble Corner bring us to the jam.
Um, so I sent you the odds. We're talking Super Bowl champion. We got through eight of eight of our over unders. Do you have a chance to hear those, Wheatley? I, I did not. Well, now you got something to listen to, son. <laughs> Hell's yeah. Eight hours. Uh, so basically, I cut it off after uh, when I got up to the three grand range. So I'm going to shoot through real fast the top 15. So you guys have the idea of the odds. The idea here is what sounds the most enticing. And these are in order. We have the Kansas City Chiefs plus 600. Baltimore Ravens plus 650. San Francisco 49ers plus 900. New Orleans Saints plus 1100. Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus 1400. Cowboys plus 1500. Patriots plus 1800. Eagles plus 1800. Seahawks plus two grand. Colts plus 2200. Bills plus 2500. Vikings 2500. Steelers 2500. Packers 28. Titans 2800. Uh, we all know what that means. Is there anything that jumps out that is, let's not do the sexy take right now. Is there anything that's just like, holy shit, that's overvalued? Who would make that bet? What do you got most awesome? I mean, I just 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 hearing it right now. I mean, the Patriots at plus plus eighteen hundred, right? Yeah, I know they're, they're still getting like... that respect. But Cam Newton, I you know what? I maybe I don't. Maybe there's a a great mix. Like AFC East has not proven that the next team is ready to step up and take it over. Although I think it will. I think I think um, Jets, Bills. Where do you have Wheatley? Real fast. Where, where do you have the AFC ranked? Give me like uh, the four teams. So we got Jets, Bills, uh, Dolphins, Pats. What order do you see them finishing? Um, you know, I think it's actually going to be pretty close, especially with the, some of the moves that the Jets have been making uh, in the offseason. I think it's going to be pretty close. Jets, Bills, one, two. Then I see the Pats. Then I see the Dolphins. Yeah. So you would agree that this Patriots plus eighteen hundred is still not worth the money. It's not worth the money. Yeah, I would say that that's, to me, kind of the, the craziest odds. Also followed closely by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I yeah. mean, I know that they got Tom Brady. I know that they got Gronk, but come on. I mean, you know, you, Tom Brady doesn't walk through the door and suddenly championships are won. That's just not how the game works. Exactly. And I also think – I think there is one – at least one tough road game. Would you agree, MA, that they have to get through? Like, whether that be, like, the Saints or, yeah. like, Packers or Vikings. Like, they're just not walking into, like, the Super no, absolutely not. Yeah, that's that's a, a quick second. I mean, that's their their odds put them as the fifth best team in the league, and that's like we don't even know. And this is my same reason yeah. for the the Pats is like we don't even know what they're going to look like offensively huh. with the new quarterback change. We know what those guys have done in the past. Yeah, but wow, what gives us any belief that they are like that <laughs> yeah, they're let's, significantly let's, better or on the same par with Dallas? Let's <laughs> get over this. Like Winston has a better arm than Tom Brady. Right. He just happens to throw a lot more interceptions. You're not going to get the same separation if Brady's not going to be able to throw the ball down the field, which right. we did not see last year at all with yeah. any accuracy. I will say both of those teams, you know, represent really intriguing storylines. Like two teams I'm really excited to see how it turns out through the course of the season. You know, is it Bill Belichick or was it Bill? Has it been Bill Belichick all this time? Yeah. Was it Tom Brady? Yeah, we've been talking yeah. about that. So you hmm. you agree with us? Like there is like, I think I think Bill Belichick is obsessed with getting a chip, and I think Tom Brady is obsessed with getting a chip, mm-hmm. and I think their obsession is based like, it wasn't you, it was me. Right. Absolutely. They yeah. both have something to prove this season, and I can't wait to find out. Yeah. That'd be good. Uh, okay, so let's go in the opposite tip. What's the um? Can you guys hear my roommate singing? No, I can't hear it. 
fine. <laughs> I've been on this couch for six uh-huh. months. I have four t-shirts, two pairs of shoes, four socks. I'm losing it. I, I, I can't believe you guys don't call me more often. It's amazing I kept together this long. Oh, be leave this in the pod by the way leave this in the pod. i'm going to i'm gonna leave it in the pod it stays it stays <laughs> in the pod uh all right so what's the uh what's the what's the hot take i like i can get a little curious you know what chief six to one not bad fucking odds man i know yeah. that's not, i know that's chalk i know it's top of the leaderboard but it's just like give me 600 for betting 100 dollars on the chiefs win the super bowl fuck yes i'll take that yeah yeah that seems like a very easy like easy money, like I'll put that on there and I'll feel comfortable that in four months I'll get 600 bucks. Yeah, the Ravens plus 650 still sounds fun. 49ers, I think their Super Bowl hangover, which you proved last week, a couple weeks ago, doesn't actually exist. But I'm not worried about actually the 49ers come back in the NFC. Uh, what's your take on the 49ers, Wheatley? Are they for real or is it over? You know, I think if they can – some moves have been made in the offseason in terms of their defense. I don't, I don't know that it's going to be where it was last year. But, you know, I'm excited to see them. I think that they've got, you know, a strong coaching, something that's going to carry them through the season. I think they're going to be positioned to make a move in the postseason. It's just whether or not they can actually follow through, whether or not they just crap the bed again. Yeah, it's pretty good. Is there anything off the radar a little lower down that MA you think a little value that you think? I mean, I was really – I mean, I know we, we don't want to say this. Because he's God damn he, he it. don't like it, but the, but the uh, Packers are plus twenty eight hundred. Well, that that was thirteen and three last year. They yeah, so, so great in the playoffs, but first year head coach, pretty so much regrets returned. Yeah, we're talking about money, and you're right. So, like, I would we're talking if, about money. There's value in the NFC. AFC, you're gonna get a little log jammed. You're gonna log jam with the Chiefs and the Ravens. So, like that bet, I was still the. I, I think the Chiefs should be closer to like four to one, but they're six to one, so there is money there. But if you take NFC, like. Uh, you know, especially if we're talking about season also, let's look at the environment we're in. If we're talking about a season where there's not actual home games, you know, where there's not like fans in the stadium that can like fuck up the snap count and stuff. I don't mind. I don't want to say Packers, but I don't mind an NFC dark horse putting your money on. Right. Because I do think, you know, like I think the, I think the AFC is very much going to be Chiefs first Ravens. So then just bet that game. Just bet that AFC championship game when it happens. But if you want to make a little bit of money, like, and I don't think there is a, the, uh, yeah, 49ers is the first plus 900 Saints plus 1100. Like bet on your NFC team that you like. Right. The, yeah, you got goal. Dallas and Eagles at plus 1800, which I don't think that there's, to me, there's not, the Eagles aren't at plus 1800. In the What's our NFC team? What is our NFC team? I guess it would be like. Why not the Seahawks? I mean, especially at plus 2,000. I, mean, I, I don't. Kind of return on your bet. I mean, I, well, you know, yeah. Russ, Russ Wilson, I mean, just never getting, never quite getting the love that, you know, frankly, I feel like it deserves. Chris Carson, solid performer in the backfield. I mean, I think they have the offensive weapons as whether or not, you know, they can get it done defensively. What was, what, what was, uh, Mr. Unlimited. Yeah, dude's a tool. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) The guy can play. (laughs) We're talking about money. We're not talking about Aaron Rodgers or Mr. Unlimited. I I do love that. I don't love the division to come out of it, but I do love – so here's my takeaway from this. I think if you're going to bet Super Bowl favorites right now and lock money up for the next six months, look at the NFC. 
find your NFC champion yeah. and then mm-hmm. bet on that because that's going to make the most mathematical sense. I mean, and Dallas could be really stinky too, just like, but we don't know. But we can't bet on, you know, Jason Garrett anymore. It's Mike McCarthy. Hopefully there's no dissension amongst that. That's another good one as well too. But I like, yeah. if I'm going to go for the long horse, I'm going to go for the best odds with the 13 and three team. And that's the Green Bay Packers. Can't get worse. I uh, guys, this has been MAB Sports Podcast, episode 131. Yeah, we're still doing it. You listen, right? Thanks for hanging out. We have Chris Wheatley on the pod. Thanks for jumping in, buddy. Uh, MVP of the weeks. Who do you got most awesome? Oh, of course. I'm going to go with our beautiful family that is visiting us, the Wheatleys. Their whole brood over there coming in there. Uh, it's been great to have him, and he's just on the other side of that MAP Studios right there. So great having him. Uh, no pressure, Wheats, on who your MVP is. <laughs> you know, uh, along the same tip, I'm actually going to uh, to give credit credit to Commissioner and Commissioner 2.0. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, good. MA's kids have absolutely been incredible with my daughter E. Uh, you know, on top of of uh, MA and Dr. And Mrs. The Commission just completely welcoming us into their home, showing us great time, just being so warm uh, and and inviting. It's been an amazing experience watching my my two and a half year old run around with those older girls and I'm just sort of like welcome her into the club. It's been rad. And it's a reflection of their parents. Oh, look at that. Oh, wow. Well, my yeah. MVP is the contractor that beefed up that basement since the last time I gotta stay there. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, I am Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most awesome. Folks, you've just listened to episode 131. It was so good. It came with a side of tots. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion. Oh.